It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to BGN Radio. Thrown out to the far side of the bubble screen and running in for the touchdown is Jeremy Macklin. Right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly. Mm. And part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. It's Ticket Friday, and in fact, everybody, welcome everybody to the program, episode number 69. Get your giggles out now, everybody, as uh, <laughs> uh, we are uh, we are prime. We are set for a huge matchup against Seattle. We'll have uh, Danny Kelly from Field Goals and SB Nation uh, joining us to get all the uh, Seahawks inside here, as we have uh, Mr. Matt Daring joining us uh, on the preview crew and we wish uh, Mr. Patrick Wall a nice, wonderful dinner and or push-ups or the amount of sex that he's getting with his uh, significant other. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, a big matchup here, guys. And, of course, uh, just like I said, giving away tickets, and we'll hear James's drum roll and all that good stuff. If you miss out on these, don't worry, because we do have uh, some Dallas Cowboys tickets the very next week, and we'll be giving those away next Friday in just the same fashion. You just go to BGN underscore radio. There's a pinned tweet up there, and all you got to do is... Just retweet that bad boy and follow us. And that's pretty much it. But BLG, let's get right into it, my friend. It's a, I mean, this is a this is a serious deal here. I think if if the Eagles can, you know, pull this off and uh, you know and win this one out, it's going to be really hard. I mean, that's that's pretty much for me how I'm looking at is this is a division division clincher basically. They can do this. I I don't see any reason why they couldn't do it against Dallas the very next week. And then it's and then it's all all roads lead to hopefully Green Bay loses one of those games. Hopefully it's Buffalo or something, and it, it's definitely a first round bye. Um, what what kind of impact are you putting on this matchup? No, I agree with what you just said. This game is pretty much for that for, or that first round bye. Probably not the one seed because I don't think we can really count on the Packers to lose. Probably or even if they do, maybe the Eagles drop a game. Who knows? But either way, you know, it's just, it's it's, it's going to be tough and. I think if you if you do beat these Seahawks, I think you get that first round by. You can really take care of the rest of the schedule. I think just from a, a matchup standpoint, I think it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, how does Chip Kelly's offense go against this Seattle Seahawks defense? That's definitely something I wanted to see last year, and we didn't get to see because the Eagles didn't make it that far into the playoffs. But I think that's something everyone has wanted to see, you know, 
they they did well. I feel like at times last year they played Arizona when they had a tough defense, did pretty well. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see how they do this year because you know you look at how they're scoring at home this year. Uh, it's an average of I think thirty six points. The most points uh, or the most the least amount of points they've scored at home was twenty seven. So you know how how are, is Seattle going to hold them to less than that? I'm going to be really interested to see. Yeah, and, and James, you know I mean. I've just been talking to a lot of Seattle people this week, and it just seems as though that a lot of them tend to look on paper here. They look that, you know, yes, the Eagles are 29th overall in the secondary and, and all that stuff. But here, my issue with that is they don't have a wide receiving core. <laughs> and they and what whatever you can try and sell me about Doug Baldwin and all the rest of those guys, this wide, record, wide receiving core stinks out loud, and it shows. Uh, they You know, they, they haven't been able to move the ball down the field. I feel a lot of it, I mean, it's a better version of the Arizona Cardinals is how I look at this. The defense is much better. Um, I, obviously, the running back is much better, and that's where their offense goes through. Are you confident that if you can slow down Marshawn Lynch, then this game can be won pretty easily? Yeah, I mean, you never want to say easily when you're talking about a team that's playing as well as Seattle and are the defending champs and all that stuff, but... Having said that, yeah, I think if you stop Marshawn Lynch, you've got a very good chance of winning the game. And just to what you were saying, I think this is actually a really nice matchup for the Eagles defense, just in terms of looking at the matchups. They match up pretty well. You know, it is a team, like you said, that does not have talent, very talented receivers. They're also very small receivers. Uh, And I think that Bradley Fletcher and Kerry Williams are going to have a the real ability to stop those guys coming off the line. I think that's going to be a big factor. Uh, another thing that you didn't really mention, they're missing Max Unger, who's their starting center. Yep. And that offense has really looked different without him. He's a big factor on that old line. And, and Pete Carroll came out today and said, it's looking like he will not be able to go again this week. They're hoping to have him back the following week in the rematch with San Francisco. So that's another big loss, and that and that hurts Marshawn. I mean, he's a big part of that running game. So, you know, look, we saw what the Eagles' defense did to Demarco Murray and to the quote unquote best offensive line in the game. I think if they get, I think they can shut down Marshawn, and I think if they do, yes, I, I think there's a very good chance they win the game. Yeah, and Matt, I mean, uh, you know, even in the past, uh, this is the only thing that really concerns me going into this. That secondary is awesome. And it is, and I know it's your favorite person, bud. I know it's Earl Thomas. I know you freaking say it every five seconds. <laughs> uh, but you know when you ha- when you have guys like that and Chancellor and Richard Sherman and all those guys that are back there, that's, I mean, that's pretty scary. I I, I have confidence that I think Macklin could and Matthews might be able to get through that secondary. Uh, but I, the the worry is is always as always is making you know the run game slows down and it falls on. Mark Sanchez's uh, arm there. So how are you feeling about that matchup, their secondary versus our wide receiver? Uh, well, my impression of them um, is that they run a, a more execution-based defense. So there's not a lot of interesting things being done. Um, and and um, at least by reputation, they seem to live in cover three. So, you know, both corners drop back and Earl Thomas plays the middle of the field. But um, I feel like, uh, you know, you give Chip Kelly, you give him 10 days and you say, here's a defense that basically does more or less the same thing every every play. Uh, so go, go nuts, go have a good time. And, um, I really feel like he's going to come through for us here, you know, and, and, uh, one other matchup I want to sort of point out is I think that, uh, Darren Sproles and LaShawn McCoy on Cam Chancellor and Cam Chancellor is good, but he's, he's more of a linebacker than a safety. Um, I don't think that's too hot of a take, but he, um, you know, he plays down in the box and I think that you get a speedy guy like, like Darren Sproles or a guy like, um, 
Sean McCoy, who can make Cam Chancellor miss tackles because he really is not that good of a tackler. Um, I think you uh, you might feast somewhat on the uh, on the underneath there because they just they just can't match up with all of our weapons. Oof, I don't know. <laughs> I know Bring it on, of, baby. There are a lot. There are going to be a lot of Seahawks fans that are going to be like, "Dude, this guy's a freaking bum." But uh, yeah, yeah I that's don't... what Eagles fans say about me now too. <laughs> that's, what, that's what we all say, right? Yeah, so... that's, that's right. You should talk to my mother. <laughs> uh, it... Just kidding, mom. I love you. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Brandon, it is. I I, I do think that it's going to come down to. Well, here's the thing too. I, I as as good as their defense is, I they can't. I just they don't score enough points. Just like you said, they, I I just don't see this as. Uh, you know, the, a, a total domination either way. There's there's going to be opportunities and holes in there. I think what what they really rely on is the turnover and the quick points. Um, and this is something I was kind of going through in my head. Is this a game that the Eagles necessarily have to fix their red zone problems or they just have to score points? Well, th- there's an interesting point about the red zone thing. If you uh, Believe it or not, the Seahawks do not have a great red zone uh, defense, uh, even though that sounds a little weird. Uh, I think they rank towards the bottom of the league, but part of the thing there is they're not allowing as many red zone attempts, so that number might get skewed, you know, with with more uh, with less attempts because, you know, their defense is good, and obviously they have personnel, so it's not like the, the talent is an issue. I really think, uh, to Matt's point about the fact that Seattle runs a defense that's more based on execution, I think... You know, you look at Philadelphia's offense, and that's pretty much the same thing. I think, you know, Chip Kelly mixes in some tricks here and there, but, you know, it's it's just largely execution-based. So I think it's just going to be a real good game. Not really – it's not a chess match, I would say, as it is just checkers. It's it's not as complicated as it would be made out to be. And, yes, I did say chess, not chest, to Sean Jackson. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, for those of you who don't get that, you're just you're gonna be totally what? clueless. But anyway, uh, I think this is gonna be a good matchup. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, I think the uh, the inside of their defensive line has really struggled this year too. I mean, uh, Michael Bennett and Cliff Averill, we know who those guys are. Those guys are both extremely talented, um, and they can certainly get after the passer. But I think as far as you know, depth and and even the starters on the inside, they have not been playing all that well. Brandon Meebane being injured has kind of added to that issue. There, Kevin Williams is filling in, and Williams obviously has has had a, a nice career, but a little bit long in the twos, and also is playing a position he's never played before. So there's definitely an advantage there to be taken advantage of i did not say that well <laughs> exploited exploited thank you sir yeah, yeah yeah there you go uh yeah it's it's gonna be interesting because uh i i the more and more i keep thinking about this the more and more i think it's a win for the eagles and we'll get into predictions in a little bit too but uh our good friend joel bryant also checking in we want to hear from you Call the Duncan Philly Anytime Hotline. Leave us a message and we'll put you on the air. 267 245 6066. That's 267 245 6066. Or tweet your thoughts to us at BGN underscore radio. Joel checks in and says, uh, I feel like Chip has been holding Darren Sproles back a little bit in his pocket and look for him to have a big game. I also think if they stretch the Legion of Boom downfield, guys like Mac and or Macklin and Huff, uh, that should give uh, Shady and Sproles a lot of uh, yak opportunities. Yeah, I can see that happening. Um, you know, uh, James, do you think it, that the four verticals 
type of thing? Is this a game to kind of, this is where I kind of look at it, just spread them out as, as much as possible and as often as possible. Would you be on that wavelength against the, their defense this week? Yeah, I, honestly, I'm more of the pound it with Shady, man. I, I think this is a Shady game. I think that Seattle's strength, as we have talked about ad nauseum this week, is that secondary, and I think you got to take advantage. you got a healthy offensive line. You've got five guys who have actually played together for a few weeks in a row for the first time this season. We've seen the last two weeks what the running game looks like. We know Chip wants to run the ball. We know the Eagles want to run the ball. Uh, this feels like a shady Sproles, even Chris Polk getting involved kind of game for me. I, I think that, yeah, they're going to try and spread the field and throw it a little bit. Obviously, Chip is going to do what he does, but I really think we see an emphasis on the run game this week, John. Matt, Josh Huff, do you think they, uh, they finally start working him in? I think if it, if it's a game to do it, this is the one. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think they start getting him going. I, I got a stat for you here from Pro Football Focus. Um, the four starting defensive backs on the Seahawks have 28 missed tackles, including 20 by the safeties. So I think what you want to do is you want to start getting them and you want to get them one-on-one and, and dare them to tackle you. And I just don't think it's something they can do. Um, they're not a very good tackling team, and especially not this year. They've sort of been a, been something of a disaster. Um, and I think we can all appreciate that from years past. But um, I think that uh, a guy like Josh Huff is, you know, he's a perfect example because that guy just will not go down. You know, we've yeah. seen him. He, he just he just pops around. He's like a pinball. He's uh, so I think I think now's the time to sort of get him, you know, one on one with somebody who really is, is overmatched, like a guy like Cam Chancellor and. And see what he has to see what he can do. And also to that point, as just going back to what I was saying, the idea of getting Shady to that second level, Shady can make these guys miss. And so can Sproles. You know, they, great point there. I mean, they're not the best tacklers. And I think that if we can get the running backs to the if the Eagles can get the running backs to that second level, there's a real chance for some big plays on the ground as well. Well, one guy that's gonna know a lot about that is the field goals goals, I should say, dot com. Also I just got that. Uh, NFL. <laughs> hey, <laughs> welcome. Uh, oh, man. And also uh, NFL writer for SB Nation, Mr. Danny Kelly. Danny, how are you, bud? Not too bad. Thanks for having me on. What are you looking for? What kind of matchups uh, did the Seahawks uh, have to exploit against the Eagles here this week? Uh, you know, beating the Baltimore on Lynch, that's, that's just been their key to victory pretty much. Um, I think that's going to be the main thing to see. I know that Philly's done a good job of defending the run this year. I think I was looking at the football outsiders numbers the other day. And I think they're eighth against the run in the NFL uh, per their DVOA metric. So um, I think it's going to be a big challenge for the Seahawks to run the ball, especially in that hostile environment over there in Philly. Um, but it's, it's something they got to do because, you know, I think it's going to be a cold game. You know, Russell Wilson, yeah, he's had his ups and downs this year, but he hasn't been as explosive in the passing game as a lot of people had hoped he would be. So um, I think, you know, getting a lot out of that run game is going to be the key for Seattle. Yeah, when you mention the, the passing game a little bit here, and I guess from an outsider's perspective, when you look at it, you know, it's 29th in passing yards. Um, obviously, the, the Percy Harvin trade was very, very much talked about nationally. Uh, but guys like Doug Baldwin and uh, Jermaine Curse now are the, are the guys that are supposed to be kind of heading up and taking that over. It doesn't seem like there's... I don't know. I don't want to say confidence because that's a that's a weird word. Is the is the wide receiving core now just bad in Seattle, or is that a bad uh, a bad label? Well, they they sure wouldn't like to hear that. Um, <laughs> but last year there last year there was this big sort of not battle, but kind of running joke with the CS receivers because Chris Carter called them pedestrian. Um, and that was last year when it included Golden Tate, and, the, and since then the Seahawks have lost Tate uh, to free agency, and then. 
Sidney Rice, another guy that they, they were possibly going to try and lean on a little bit as like a veteran. He retired. And then, of course, the whole Percy Harvin debacle went down. So um, the effect has been essentially, you know, Jermaine Curse is Seattle's de facto number one guy. He's their outside guy. Um, and Doug Baldwin's played more in the slot recently. It's kind of where he's a little more effective. And I think um, he wouldn't want to – he wouldn't want to – I think he's a little more comfortable in the slot. Just that's just more suits his skill set. So um, really, the Seahawks have Dwayne Curse, who's who's a good like third receiver, but he's not necessarily you know a go-to guy on the outside number one type. Um, especially when you compare it to some of the other teams that are top in the NFC right now in terms of like Des Bryant or um, you know Jordy Nelson or, or any of these guys. So I think there is. I mean. There is a deficiency, I think, at the receiver right now. I think those losses are definitely showing up in terms of you don't get as many guys winning one-on-one battles. You don't have really a guy that you can just throw it up to in the back of the end zone and expect that it'll come down with it. Um, and I think the result has been the Seahawks have kind of altered their offense a little bit to make it a little more focused on tight ends lately. So they kind of get those guys more involved. And so... Um, yeah, there's been a trickle-down effect have, after losing some of their top guys from last year. Hey, Danny. Uh, you know, you look at the Seattle defense, you know, the past two weeks they hold their opponent to three points each time. The one time was against Drew Stanton, but still, you know, it's a pretty good result. How do you attack this defense if you're Philadelphia? You know, what are their weaknesses? Like, if you're going up against them, you know, put yourself in Philadelphia's shoes. Like, what are you doing mm-hmm. to try to beat this team? Well, you know, I think the, the one thing that has worked against the Seahawks over the last couple of years has been um, sort of getting guys the ball in space and letting them get uh, yards after the catch. And that's been like to running backs or, you know, guys running a little crossing routes uh, underneath the the safeties or or behind linebackers. And um, essentially it's because the Seahawks like to run, they run really deep. If you, if you look at the all 22, uh, Earl Thomas plays very deep. The Seahawks like to, uh, their, their main goal on defense, I guess, is to not get beat deep. So their whole, everything is predicated on, you know, protecting against the huge, deep, explosive pass and more or less, you know, conceding the fact that they're going to have some, some, uh, routes wicked on them underneath. The key then for them is to, you know, pursue and tackle and, and make sure that they, really, really get on those, those short passes and not let anything get out of, you know, like five or more yards uh, after the catch. So I think with the Eagles, the, the cool thing about them is they have, you know, these guys that are explosive in space, you know, Darren Sproles and, and LaShawn McCoy. So I think that's, that's one matchup. If I were uh, Chip Kelly, that I would definitely, you know, try and focus on just because I think the Seahawks are so good at defending the deep ball. And, you know, Mark Sanchez is not necessarily known as an explosive passer. Um, he's more of a facilitator, sort of point guard type of quarterback, I think. So, um, I mean, that would probably be what I would expect. But um, that said, I, I think that Chip, you know, he's never really shy about attacking downfield. So, I would expect some of that as well. Hey, Danny, the Seahawks started the season off a little rough, 3-3 three and three start, culminating with that loss in St. Louis. And then all of a sudden, and at that time, you're hearing all these stories about trouble in the locker room with Russell Wilson, with Marshawn Lynch. Then all of a sudden, they reel off five out of six. They look like that old defense again, back-to-back three-point showings. 
what happened? What changed? What, what, what turned this around here? Well, you know, I, I mean, I think there's probably something to all those reports. I think, you know, we heard about how difficult it is to, to repeat, you know, all summer. That was the big, biggest probably subject that everyone talked about, how, how difficult it is to repeat. Everyone gives you your best shot. You know, you lose all these players in free agency because everybody wants, you know, that championship player. Um, and, and that all kind of came true. You know, I think it was even harder than people even imagined. So um, when when teams start losing, especially teams that are in limelight like the Seahawks because they, they won the Super Bowl last year, I think, you know, that's just you're going to hear about anything that happens in the locker room. Um, so I think, you know, the Percy Harvin thing and then recently it's been Marshawn Lynch and, and there's been reports that, you know, there's friction with the receivers and, and Russell Wilson, I think. All those things are a symptom of, you know, the Seahawks losing. Frankly, you know, those types of things come out when they lose. And so, um, over the last couple of weeks, the Seahawks have sort of gotten back to their identity, gotten back to what they did well last year, which is, you know, this ball control run offense where, you know, Russell Wilson isn't exactly the star of the the show. He's sort of the facilitator. He gets the ball to Marshawn Lynch. He, you know, he dumps off passes to his tight ends and every once in a while he makes like a Houdini move and, and do something crazy. But otherwise he sort of is there to make sure that he protects the football. And um, that sort of equation has worked a lot better. And um, the other thing that recently, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, I think it was maybe the week before they had a, you know, a veteran team meeting and kind of, I guess, worked out some things in terms of what was going on with the chemistry and what was going on in the locker room. And, um, you know, they haven't really talked about much what, what was said in that, but apparently, you know, that those reports about friction and, and something off were true, but they addressed it. And um, I think you've seen sort of the product on the field look a lot better over the last couple of weeks. So, you know, the Seahawks, Seahawks fans are definitely hoping that that meeting, that team meeting kind of solved some of those issues. Excellent. Well, uh, Danny, we thank you for your time uh, joining uh, the program here. Any predictions on a final score real quick? Well, I think, you know, I, I'm really confident in the Seahawks defense right now. I think they're playing really well. So I predicted a Seahawks win this weekend. Um, oh! <laughs> get out of here! I think the, I think the score is going to be something around, you know, 24 to 21, 25 to 22, something like some, somewhere in that range. And I think uh, the, the Eagles can obviously score points, but if the Seahawks can keep them under... 26, 27 points. I think they get a real shot at winning this. Yeah, I, I think I'm right there with you. I think everything, everybody's kind of expecting, you know, a, a close, a, a really close game, and it, it, maybe it just comes down to the home field advantage. Maybe it doesn't because of the 10 day layoff. But it'll definitely be interesting on Sunday, as I'm sure everybody's eyes will be peeled to that. Danny Kelly from FieldGoals.com. Thank you so much for hanging out tonight, bud. Good talking to you guys. Danny Kelly from uh, FieldGoals.com. As uh, Matt Daring is uh, completely enlightened by that now. Great site. Danny's an awesome guy, awesome writer. Uh, hey, gang, what do you say we give away some tickets? How's that sound? Let's uh, let's uh, let's do it. So how this is going to work is we're going to go through all the different retweets. 1,062 retweets. That's amazing, guys. That's, uh, that's awesome wow. stuff. Wow. Uh, so thank you for all that support and uh, and good stuff. So James is going to do his famous drum roll. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to keep flicking the mouse until BLG tells me to stop, and then we're going to pick a winner. And let's do it right now. James Seltzer, drum roll, please. And here we go. BLG, whatever you're ready. Stop. 
roll over. That was brutal. You guys. That was amazing. Okay, John, do me a favor. Don't have me back. Okay, yeah, that's that's, that's fine. Matt Daring is now done his final show, everybody. Okay, give me the drum roll one more time. Uh, and our winner, Will Coral. Will Coral from Doylestown, Pennsylvania. Uh, I knew it! At Will Coral 91. At Will Coral 91. I'm, I don't even. C O R R 91. Congratulations, my friend. You get your bags ready, get whoever is there, and uh, you are going to see the Seahawks play your Philadelphia Eagles this weekend. Congratulations, Will. Everybody, round of applause. Of course, don't be disappointed in any any fashion. Like I said, just go to at BGN underscore radio. Your chance to win Dallas tickets comes next week. Congratulations to Will, and hopefully we'll have him on and do all that other good stuff. But yeah, uh, and hopefully my drum roll did not ruin Will's experience <laughs> of hearing that he won tickets. So, uh, that's what I'm saying. Uh, but speaking of the Dallas Cowboys, there's no change uh, thanks to the damn Chicago Bears not being able to take care of business here. Uh, no, no real impact. Uh, obviously, it's a, this, everything's all the same. Got to go and be Seattle. And uh, we're going to get in pr- into uh, predictions and, and things here in a little bit. But uh, let's uh, make some NFL picks. Hit me! It's time to ring the bell and play some bets. Hey, I don't want your money punching my money. Here come our NFL picks. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. So uh, I don't even know what we did. I don't think we got into him. Well, we didn't because we had the uh, we had the dual threat of uh, a reaction and and uh, preview show, which just ended up being a big shouting match about Marcus Mariota, which uh, uh, we'll be seeing him uh, tonight on Friday night against uh, Arizona. But uh, of course, as always, uh, we will let the our fearless leader uh, start us off here. BLG, where are we going first? Well, I appreciate that, John. <laughs> um, you know, I wrote a post earlier in the week, it was on Monday, about how I felt the Eagles are maybe being a little underrated, and maybe the Seahawks are being a little overrated at this point in the season. The Seahawks are only one-point underdogs, meaning the Eagles are only one-point home favorites. I think that's a little weird to me. I think the Eagles should be standard three-point home favorites. The Eagles have won 10 games in a row at home. They've averaged 36 points or so in those games. Uh the, like I said, the least amount of points they've scored is 27. They're they're really hitting their stride here. I think they're just really good at home. I think I think they've won by an average of 16 points or so in these games. Now, granted, they've faced lesser teams, but to me, you look at the Seahawks team, and they're five and one in their last six. But some of these games were close, and they weren't against good teams. You know, like the the Raiders, they only beat them by like six points or so, and that was at home. So. I really like the Eagles here as one point favorites. Absolutely, you know what? And and uh, we'll get obviously we we pretty much know uh, what we want to say as far as uh, the final predictions there. But yeah, I mean, even to clarify, and I forgot who said it. Vegas has been wrong about Chip Kelly Eagles a lot. So I'm I'm with Brandon on here. The minus one right now is is fabulous, <laughs> and I think it's basically almost a pick 'em. I think that's what it will end up being. Uh, towards game time here, but uh, I know James's dog is fired up for the next election, so let's get to that, my friend. James, where are we going next? That is right, John. Always fired up when the Ring the Bell segment comes. <laughs> and the beautiful thing is no one knows because we didn't do it last week, but I actually went 15-0 and 0 last week, so <laughs> just to put that out there so everyone knows. Um, all right, John, let's go down to Arizona. 
the Cardinals playing at home. They are uh, anywhere from a pick em to a one-point favorite, wherever you look at it. You can even find places where the Kansas City Chiefs are a one-point favorite. John, the Arizona Cardinals are undefeated at home this year, 6-0 and at the nest. I don't care if Drew Stan's playing quarterback. I don't care if Logan Thomas is playing quarterback. I don't care if they bring Jake Plummer out of retirement to play quarterback. The Arizona Cardinals are not losing at the nest. Give me a point. Give me two. Give me three. Whatever. The Cardinals win this game outright. I'm taking the Cardinals at home. Ring the bell. I care if Drew Stanton is playing quarterback or Logan Thomas is playing. I think this is the absolute downfall of Bruce Arians and his diaper-worn coaching ability. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs pull this one out in a squeak and a four-point. Wow, you're betting on Andy I'm, on the road. I'm, I'm taking Andy because uh, he's never won there before. But I don't know why I'm betting on him. But I just have that feeling that this- yeah, I think we all remember the last time Andy was there for for the Philadelphia Eagles, don't we? Oh, or at man. least the last time we all remember. Uh, yeah, I was yeah. there live in person. It was the worst drive home ever. Yeah, take, <laughs> take the Cardinals, baby. Take the Cardinals. I'm not going with the Chiefs, Matt Daring. Where are we going next, my friend? Uh, I'm going to take us down to sunny. South Beach. Can we get a little music? All right, yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Get a little, uh, get a little, little mixed drink here. I think we're, I think we're gonna have fun here. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens. They are in free fall. They are terrible, and they lost uh, one of their only good players that they have left in Haloti Nada, who will be sitting out the rest of the season because he took some Adderall so he could study for the LSATs. So. I'm going to take the Miami Dolphins, three-point favorites. No way that Baltimore keeps it close. Baltimore is terrible. Baltimore, you know, choke artists, whatever you want to call them. Just, they just have no talent. They have a few uh, guys on the defensive side of the ball that haven't really worked out. They, their offense is, as we know, is feast or famine. Um, and I'm betting on famine here. So I'm going to take the Miami Dolphins to win and cover. Let's uh, walk on down to the capital, but not really the capital and the crappiest field probably in the NFL. And let's go to Washington. No, no Houston has a bone to pick with well, you about well, that. So, I mean, maybe, uh, Chicago as well. Maybe field conditions. Got all right, all right, all right. One of the worst fields <laughs> in the world uh, for the racist name and everything else. Uh, as the Rams come into Washington, uh, and as James had told me just off air, that uh, this line has fluctuated all towards the Rams. The money's coming in heavy. They are minus three. They're favorites in this. I love it. And if you listen to the fantasy show, Sean Hill is my boy this week, especially if you're on that old FanDuel.com. 6800 bucks. I don't think he's going to light it up like usual, but he's a great play. He's going to get it done, and that secondary is horrendous. St. Louis Rams, minus three. Uh, well, now that the gambling is out of the way, BLG, let's get to the important stuff, uh, the prediction. Sir, where are you going with this one? Now, I'm going to explain it a little bit. I think <laughs> I even touched on this last week in the review show. The Seahawks are a very good team. Defense is good. There's nothing uh, fake about them at all. I just do not think they are unbeatable. Let me take you down through a run of their last six. They're five and one in this stretch, but they only beat the Panthers by four points on the road. It was ugly. They only beat the Raiders at home by six points, and the Raiders almost recovered an onside kick at the end of the game. Uh, They beat the Giants by 21 at home, but that game was 17-17 heading into the fourth quarter before the Giants collapsed. Then they lost to the Chiefs on the road by four points. Beat the Cardinals, but that was with Drew Stanton at quarterback, and that was at home. Got a good win over the Niners on Thanksgiving. Can't really take anything away from that. Definitely think this is a winnable game for the Eagles, especially because it's at home, and the Eagles have, again... Least amount of points they have scored is 27 at home. Most amount of points the Seahawks have scored on the road this season, 27. I like the Eagles to win. 
It's going to be 30 26 Eagles win. Oh, this is such a tough one for me. Going back to what you had said a little bit earlier, and you and Brandon commented on it. I mean, this is a big time game in terms of playoff seating. Uh, uh, Nate Silver over at 538, and uh, our friends over at Crossing Broad linked to it as well. Uh, if the Eagles win this game, they have a 75% chance of coming away with a bye. Uh, and if they lose it, it drops all the way down to 19.4%. So that's how critical this game is in terms of the playoff structure. Uh, and I came into this thinking I was going to pick the Seahawks. Uh, I didn't. I just felt like I didn't know how this team could could win four straight to end this season. But you know what, John? I just I can't do it. I, I don't see this team losing at home, and I guess that means that I feel like they're going to win out because I don't see them losing to the Giants and, and uh, Washington either. But I just don't see this team losing at home. They got something special going at home. They're 6-0 and at the link this year, obviously 10 straight during the regular season. And, and like Brandon said, I don't think this Seahawks team is that good. Are they good? Yes. Are they that good? I don't think so. I think the Eagles will be able to move the ball. I think the defense is going to be able to shut down the Seattle offense. I think it's going to be low scoring to a point. I'm going to go 27 to 21 birds. Ooh. Eagles. Birds. Oh. There we go. <laughs> uh, well, I've made some pretty favorable predictions in the past, and I see no reason to stop right now. I think that uh, I think that the, the offense just can't hang. I don't think the offense will really be able to get going pretty much the entire game. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a game that followed a similar script to last time where – the Cowboys offense couldn't stay on the field and defense couldn't get off the field. I think that uh, Eagles win this one. I'm going to say they win a uh, 30 to 13. Woo! Oh! I just don't Ow. think that I don't think the Seattle offense is, is any good. I think it's trash. I think that they're going to come in and they're going to show up. And, you know, if they can't get Lynch going and I don't think they can, then I'm I just don't see any reason why we don't. We don't just run all over. I think there's I mean, there there is a good point in there, man. And I am I think that's why I feel that we're all on the bird side here. Not only is it at home, not only is that offense trash. I said it, trash. They're bad. Other than other than Marshawn Lynch and Russell Wilson, there is nothing there that scares me at all. Uh, and uh, Russell Wilson, please, God, if you ever want to change coasts, call Chip Kelly immediately. Uh, but uh, this is the other thing I'll point out. If you look at their schedule, you know there haven't been too many great running backs that they've faced. I know that they have a good running defense. But DeMarco Murray, 115 yards. Jamal Charles, 159 yards. 20 carries, 23 carries. So I, I think when they see this type of type of caliber run game, I think it, it'll, it'll eventually open up. I don't think McCoy breaks 100 in this game, though. But I, I, I do think that it is a little closer. Uh, it's going to be a tough game, but that you know the you know James. Do you know how many times I've said west to east, east to west? Yeah, John. I mean that that's your thing. You're always harping on the east to west. Yeah, you know, the the ten day layoff may, may affect that. May, maybe it doesn't really matter, but I I still love the Eagles at home, obviously, and I, I think this one's a little closer. But it's twenty seven seventeen with a Birds victory, and we all go celebrate, take our pants off, and. I think everybody, everything will just kind of explode and be like, oh, I don't, don't, don't. I, what I don't want to hear is, listen, and this is just the final thought for me, and we'll get everybody else in here too. If they lose, it doesn't mean they're, they, they're out of contention and they can't beat anybody good and all this other crap. Uh, depending on the outcome, maybe that's true. If they, get, if they get totally blasted off the earth, then maybe you can say that. But even if they lose this game... It, they, they're still a good team and they can still go on a run. Brandon Lee, go out and find thoughts. I absolutely agree there. I think uh, it really depends on how they play. I mean, if they do get blasted, yeah, then you're going to have doubts. But uh, if it's close, like 
I, I, I just feel like I could see a close loss and then like everyone's like, oh, well, the Eagles can't be good teams. How are they going to win the playoffs? Blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, just relax, relax, like Aaron <laughs> Rodgers said, relax and just enjoy the game. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, same thing. I, I think it's going to be a close one. I think it's going to be a fun game. I think it's going to be a hard hitting. It's going to feel like December. It's going to be a game that feels like the playoffs has playoff implications. Uh, it, I'm just I'm pumped, man. We get to see this Eagles offense go up against the at least the 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 tight who holds the title as the best defense in the league, and and I can't wait to see what they do, man. I think it's going to be a blast, and I, I think the Eagles can take them. Uh, I'm looking forward to a rematch of Trent Cole versus Russell Okung. We all remember how that ended last time. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing if Trent's learning any new wrestling moves. Uh, yes. I'm hoping he has. Uh, can't say any more on that, guys. Everybody touched it. Domination on three, one, two, three. Okay, thank you so much for listening to episode number sixty-nine. Domination, domination, domination. Uh, and uh, of course, uh, for myself, John Barchard, for Brandon Lee Gout, and James Elzer, and Matt Daring. Thank you so much for listening right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and LibertyBroadcast.com. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network.